Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well on a warm Nice-looking November afternoon. Hope you're doing well. It's Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover, part of the uh, 247 Network in here on a busy day. There is a there is a lot going on. It is the first day of the uh, fall signing period. And a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of high school, mostly high schoolers, some junior college uh, athletes making decisions today, and you're talking about multiple sports. And Jason, it's it's been a big day uh, for for Auburn in different sports, signing some pretty high profile athletes. Absolutely, it has. Uh, you look at it. Um, obviously, basketball gets a lot of the attention. Obviously, sure, because signed... it's basketball yeah, season. And we just s- got started. Yeah, you signed five star Todd Pettiford. He'd been committed. Um, get a commitment from a, a top 100 player in the country. Um, yeah, Ja'Kai a, Howard. That, a guy that's <coughs> excuse me, really athletic and a kid that we had a really interest, some really interesting notes come from Eric Bossy. I, I saw those, and I'd wondered because when I, when I first saw that he'd visited, when I saw the speculation that he was going to sign with Auburn today, that he was going to announce Auburn today, I, I started reading some things about him. And he was a five. He was he was listed as one of the top twenty players in the country, going into his sophomore season. Correct. That's how that's how he got to overtime elite, right? I mean that that's the it, deal yes. with he he had a ton of big time interest, had offers from really all over the country. Like I said, it was one of the top players in the country. And there was a video that came out from I don't, I don't know if it's Netflix or something. And oh, then, so so Amazon Prime does a documentary yes, following the overtime, the overtime. Yeah, it's part of their and, part of their and, programming. He said, look, they they didn't put anything on the cutting room floor, and it made him look really bad and childish. And a lot of people said, look, we don't want any part of that. Eric Bossy, who's our national recruiting guy, said, look, he has matured in by leaps and bounds in the last year, has done a great job, was really good at their pro day and all kind of <clears throat> things. And he said he believes he's, he's a guy that, that absolutely is worth it now for Bruce Pearl and, and these guys to take. And so I think this is a guy that's had a second chance to go show what he can do. And, and that doesn't happen a lot of times. A lot of times if you get one of those things, people just go, hey, you're done. Right. And, uh, you know, this no no questioning the, the athleticism, the physical talent. Well, and, you're not kidding about that. Oh, I mean, man. he is a high flyer. Yeah. And I saw highlights of, of their game just a couple of days oh, ago. And he's, he's, he's drilling threes. He, he, he's a lot better shooter. And so this is a 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, I think probably a small forward, but but gives you a – Handles the ball pretty well, really, too. A little – Isaac Okoro slash Chuma Okiki kind of vibe a little bit, but but maybe more athletic in terms of ability to play above the rim than either his, both those his, guys. His eyes on a couple of the dunks, his eye, he's looking down at the yeah. rim. I yeah. mean, his eyes are above the rim. 
Yeah, and it's it's a nice it's a nice pickup on signing. I, I feel like the bigger story basketball wise is last night's game, but I do I do think yeah. that it's nice to talk a little bit about Auburn's uh, signee today and yep. someone who could be contributing. Yeah, like I said, we, and we'll talk about I mean baseball signing day, uh, number four class in the country. Golf signs the number one player in the country um, who went and played really well at a PGA Tour event t- uh, two weeks ago. Who did you guys Who did you guys have up in South Dakota? Last night, did didn't, you not have anybody. Okay. I think I think Ferg was the only person that went. Uh, it's it's a hard turnaround. It's not when you an start easy trip. Talking yeah. about going to Arkansas and doing some of those things and so yeah. The thing is, we we were, we were able to, to to you know to access with Webex you know post game and stuff like that. Oh right, so. yeah. I mean, no, for, yeah, Ferg but, took but the yeah. Trip. He was there and he had, and he was he was the first asking questions to both coaches last night. Well, I would think so. I don't know how many beat writers from from Waco made, made that uh Probably made, not, made that trip I would, either. I would think you'd have a few more options for them the way their season's going. But it's still it's still not an easy place to get to some of those things. So, yeah, yeah. Had, he, had, he had dinner with Andy Burcham. Andy told us yesterday on the show. So I mean, it's uh, we'll we'll check in with uh, with Justin uh, tomorrow. But no, what a uh, what a game! I, I mean, it felt like it felt like it, um, it, I don't I don't you know it's cliche to say it felt like an NCAA tournament it, game. It, it felt like a really important game. It did not feel like a game with no stakes. You know, a, 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 a not just a regular run of the mill at a conference game between two teams in November. It felt like this was a you know that this was a chance by both teams to see what high-level at-a-conference competition felt like, and I think both teams really I, took to it. Yeah, I think, I think it, it turned out, I, I, honestly, after, after the game and this morning, I, it made me feel better about this team than I probably did going into the game yesterday. I thought this team was going to have some issues. Honestly, it made me feel better about this team, to be quite honest, than I did going into the game. Um, you know, d- defensive issues – reaching some of those things the game was called vastly different in the second half than it was first half and it had an impact in the game it did but uh, but, but, but I think I think you know I thought this team I said look I think the record is not going to be as good but I think the team may be better I think that to me that showed up a little bit the other night I mean they're going to have some issues at times but I think in the end it's going to be a team that can compete with pretty much anybody and I think Baylor's pretty good. I'm excited by the backcourt. I mean, Holloway looked, uh, you know, he, he looked ready in his first offensively uh, Auburn game, especially offensively. Uh, Denver Jones was was hitting a couple of shots. I know it tapered off a little bit in the second half for Denver, but but he was uh, he he was out there looking ready to contribute. Bill, we we did some, yeah, did I was some math. Auburn really didn't get much Jason from the three or four spots. No, and that, and that's uh, that was my thing. You know, somebody asked me, said what position? Uh, really, the three was the one for me. Jalen Williams is. It is what he is. Sometimes he's going to get 10 or 12 shots. Sometimes it's going to be five. And that's just who he is. He is, he is a point forward that, that doesn't want to take over and try to take over games at times. You know, Chaney Johnson is not a guy that I think is going to be a big prolific shooter. No. This is going to be a team that's going to – the shooting is going to come from one, two, and five. And, and that's who it's going to be. Um, Chad Baker-Mazzara did s- some things. Um, I don't think he's going to be a, a physical answer. Chris Moore is a guy that – does the dirty work, but isn't going to be a big score. They're going to have to have those guards to to really fill it up. Yeah, they they. I, I really felt that when when uh, when Chad <coughs> got in foul trouble, that things things got a little tougher for Auburn defensively because he can really create some havoc. And he's long. Yes, I mean you saw him make a couple of great plays last night, and he probably has the most offensive potential out of those guys at the three and four. He does. I mean, you know, he's not a he's not a create a shot jump shooter, 
but he's a guy that can shoot it when you penetrate and, and, and do some things. And and he can and he can also sky. Yeah, and, he can, yeah, and he yeah. can get some points, you yep. know, on putbacks and things like yeah, that. Yeah, but I thought, you know, trying to learn about a team, um, obviously you want to win that game. Here's what that one does. That one doesn't hurt you at all. Other than the, it's a loss. No, it hurts that you had you had an opportunity. You felt like for a huge you win. had the game in hand, and you you led for twenty five minutes, and then let it slip away in the last four minutes. Yeah, you you had an opportunity for a huge win, but in terms of resume, going on the road, you, oh, no, you'll, no. you'll earn some points for that one. I don't know who in the SEC is better than Baylor. Like I, I don't know who of the of the teams. I know people would say people would probably tell you Tennessee is. Um, and, and maybe Arkansas, uh, depending uh, on how A&M, know, I, A&M's yeah, in the conversation. Here's what you have. You have probably Tennessee, Arkansas, A&M, Alabama, Kentucky, all similar teams. Well, what you showed last night is you're a similar yes. team with those two. That's what we. That's what kind of what we so, thought. So I would I would think a team that can go punch for punch with Baylor for forty well, minutes on a it, neutral site the, on opening night. It'll be the same thing. You're going to be able to have you're going to have a chance to compete and 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 win games in this league. Will you run away with the league? No, um, but I don't think anybody expected that to happen. But I think it showed that this team is is a team that can go out there and compete with top teams in the country. And, and I think you know we'll we'll see how the three and the four progress over the course of the season against the best teams that you're going to face this year. You know they've got guys at those at those positions that are are tabbed for the NBA, right? You talk about you know the the, the best threes and fours across college basketball. Like you you might. You might be at a disadvantage against some of the best teams on your schedule at those spots. It's a question of yeah, can can the uh, can the system, can the depth, uh, can the can the guard play, and can Jani Broom well, be enough to help you overcome that? We also saw last night while, while Auburn tried to get Jacoby Walter, <clears throat> that guy's pretty good. Yeah, no kidding. I, I actually sent him a message today going, "Hey, man, great game, you know, because Auburn recruited him. He came on a visit. Um, oh, he's got. And, I mean, they're." He, they're yeah, he is. There's, there's a reason why he ties was correct with, with Auburn. Correct. So this is, you know, you're going up against uh, a team with a couple of NBA guys and a team. <clears throat> excuse me. And probably the thing that that maybe was the biggest step for me was that Auburn finished even in rebounding with with a Baylor team. Mm-hmm. That that's what they do. That's their job. And Auburn finished even rebounding. So there were some positives, obviously negatives in the way you finished and some of those things, but. Um, it, I mean, it wasn't a game. Auburn didn't, you know, none of the stats looked bad. I mean, 15 turnovers, that's not bad. No. The problem is they, they had a couple at, the, at a critical at time the during time. that 11-0 run. Yeah, here, here's what you have. If you had played Southeast Louisiana first and won by 50, then you would know less about your team than mm-hmm. you do after this game right here. So that's why I think it was in basketball, you can afford games like this to go, hey, let's see what we have. Now what we know who we are – and and you get a pretty good idea. Yeah, and maybe and maybe you throw up a stinker and uh, and you're Vanderbilt today, right? I mean, with, I mean, wow. I mean, yeah. yeah. Even without three guys, um, that that's that's bad. And 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 so you start, yeah. You know, you look around the league, and and you know, in every sport, you go, you know, who who you play matters, how you play matters, and you know, we're, we're kind of talking about this and, and thinking about it. I, I stopped by baseball yesterday and was asking you know Butch Thompson about. What's the what's the schedule going to look like when you add two more teams, and how does it impact things? Because you know we think about it in terms of football, but in it's in every sport you go. If you only play a certain amount of teams, and you can't play them all in, you baseball. can't play them all. You can't play them all in football either. Who you don't play is maybe the most important part of of mm-hmm. a whole schedule. 
Well, that's been true with the SEC and divisions Already, for a really long but time. But now it's right? going to be mean, even more so. Add, yeah, add two more. Because, I mean, you, you look and, yeah, because it's thrown up and you go, hey, let's, it's, supposed, it's supposed to be random. So, randomly, you're a football team that could miss Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Auburn in one season. Like you could or miss, Oklahoma or, I mean, or Texas. Texas yeah. You could you miss know. all those schools in one year. Or only play one of them, which or could also play, be likely. Yeah, yeah so, well, I mean, the thing is, you could miss all of them one year, and then the next year play them all. And, and, and so, I mean, so then, then yeah. you, you start going, okay, how do you judge that? The end of the year, which team is better? The team that, that played none of the top teams or a team that was – Hey, that held their own with those, but had a couple of losses, but had to play this murderer's row. That it, it's gonna, and every league's gonna face that because of the numbers of teams that you start adding. That that's a good way, and we'll we'll get to our first break because that's a good way to sort of lead into as we look at this week's football matchup. Uh, you're looking at an Arkansas team whose record isn't pretty, but look at look at who they played and how they played them as well. We'd love for you to join in, and how can you do that? You can give us a call on the drive hotline. Presented by Skybar, that number, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the Drive text box. That's presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast. It's Bill, Dan, Jason, and Drew, Drew is back. Hey. Drew is back at the board today. Dan and I have been taking turns, Drew, and, and, and trying to remember what buttons to hit and everything. So we're glad to have Drew back. We'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Come on in and join us here on the Wednesday Drive. My joints aren't what they used to be. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Wednesday drive. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell, Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in. 334-321-1390 334-321-1390 will uh, get you through. And, uh, Jason, yet to to uh, football, Auburn last week goes on the road. Um, I mean, it wasn't a perfect game by any means, but Auburn controls from the opening kick and and wins it, you know, by double digits on the road, and that's that's always good. Yeah, that, that, it's a game that I, I thought the one moment where – you know, it's 31-7. If you get a stop defensively right there, and they put mm-hmm. the backup secondary guys in there and, and they drive down the field and scored. And I think if you get a stop at 31-7 then, or you get the the muff punt that should have been yours or you recover the the other muff punt. That you any, that you had a chance to fall well, on. And, yeah. and Jeremiah Cobb had the ball after yeah. everyone was over with. Any of those one plays, the game's probably 38-10, to 10, 38 to, you know, whatever it is. It was still comfortable now. They had they had a chance to throw it in the end zone there and, and do some things, but overall, I, I thought that um, it was an Auburn team that did what it needed to do on the road, despite not making plays that it had a chance to make. And that's probably the biggest growth part of this is that I'm not certain that if you drop at least one touchdown, maybe two touchdowns, drop about four or five other passes, have a couple of key penalties that call back two touchdowns. I'm not certain Auburn wins that game four weeks ago. Um, now, you changed the offense. You've done some things. But that was a game they're able to win even at Vanderbilt, making those types of mistakes. To me, that's the sign of growth 
in in terms of the way this team is playing. I think if Vanderbilt had had more productivity offensively in their first seven or eight drives, it could have put some pressure on Auburn because you can't pay for those mistakes against an offense that's more of a threat to put up points. We were looking at it. When Auburn scores to make it 31-7, Auburn has five drives that have ended in points, and Vanderbilt has five first downs. Yes. Like, it, it had been – the, yeah. the game largely felt over Correct. When, when Cobb got the, the sweep and yep. went in for the touchdown. Yep. And that wasn't because Auburn had been overwhelming offensively, although Auburn had put up 31 points and had, to that point and, yep, and had, maybe left some points Correct. on the field when you think about some of the other misfires. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that was Vanderbilt just really could not – after that first drive – where they did get a couple of first downs and well, that yep, and and, and you know we, we you know the defensive guys talk about survive the script and Vandy came out, spread it around, did some different things, but once Auburn kind of zoned in on what they were doing, you know they tried to go to Walter Taylor and that that was not going to work against that Auburn defense. I thought it was the best game for a front seven for an Auburn defense this season, and I don't know. I mean they had some good games the last couple of years because you had Derek Hall and Kobe Wooden and guys, but. I thought the linebacker group played well. Getting Austin Keys back has been really beneficial. But we saw Zykevis Walker sna- make fewer plays. Fewer snaps for the other guys. Mm-hmm. Justin Rogers making plays. Yeah. Lawrence Johnson making plays. Vandy's not terrible. Um, but that was, you go, okay, that's what you, you need to be doing to Vandy if you're Auburn. And they did it. And now you'll have a, you know, a much bigger challenge. The good thing for Auburn is, is that, you know, they had to prepare for Walter Taylor. You had to prepare for a Mississippi State off. They've had to prepare for a runner the last two weeks, and that should help you even though K.J. Jefferson's way better than the guys you just played. Yeah, it comes down – I mean, there's there's lots of things that this game Saturday seems to hinge on, but, but I keep coming back to, is Auburn's defense good enough to stop an Arkansas run game that – you know that that are, I mean are, that's that's what Arkansas really wants to do. Now and they do. Now they're back to that. Na- now that they're back to that, yes. now they got back to basics. Like is is Auburn good enough to? Can Arkansas run on Auburn even when Auburn is expecting run? Like that, is, is is is? And I think that's that's maybe what the game comes down. To. That yeah. That, there's two things for me. Can you make them one dimensional or as as one dimensional as possible? And can you avoid negative plays? Travis Williams, we know what's going to happen. You're going to get man, and you're going to get pressure. I mean, that's the way this Arkansas defense is going to play. They're going to do some of those things. For Auburn, you're going to have opportunities one-on-one in the passing game. In the passing game. You're yeah. right. And I think I think Auburn's probably going to uh, try to put K.J. Jefferson in the same thing. Yes, correct. One, one thing I saw – I saw uh, mentioned this yesterday, Jason. I saw Stat Tiger's note – that and I didn't, I hadn't realized this looking at the SEC stats that Auburn's twelfth in the SEC in conference games against the run. Yeah, no, they've they've given up some rushing yards. They have, and and some of that was quarterback, some of it was late against Mississippi State, right? Um, but they've given up rushing yards. Just think about the, the, some At, of the guys that have athlete, done it. Athletic quarterbacks it, are it, always a problem. I mean, not just for Auburn. It's always an issue, especially when you play man, and so it's, it's why. Peyton Thorne has been able to run the ball with some mm-hmm. some success because of his decision making. Because when teams play man, there's nobody there. If you if you make the right run, it's you know. Yeah, well, the guys have got their backs turned. Rush lanes, if if rush a lane. lanes are really important. That's going to be one. But you look at Arkansas's rushing offense, and um, I mean before this, and and who knows, Florida Florida was about three defensive starters that had an impact. Two hundred twenty six yards. Well, they have seven rushing touchdowns this season. They had 103 yards against Mississippi State, 100 against Alabama, 36 yards against Ole Miss, 42 yards against Texas A&M. 
I know, but and I, 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 what, what, it's it's different. it's not the same offense. It's different. But even last week, I mean, Florida was two twenty six on forty seven carries um, in an overtime game, and without three starters. That's five. That's five a rush, though. Yeah, it's four eight four point eight. Yeah, yeah, and one touchdown. Took it. I still think this is. I mean, we go. We talked about it. Arkansas has played a brutal schedule. They played everybody close. This is still not a juggernaut you're playing. No. This no. is a game where – neither I, is Auburn. No, no, and that's, that's the whole point. That's why I think it's going to be a four-quarter game. I, I think that's where it is. Can you make them do enough to have to throw the football? Because if you let them run it 65 times, you're not winning the game. If they can line up and run mm-hmm. it all day, then you're not winning the game. No. And that's going to be the story. And last year, the last game of uh, Harson's tenure was the Arkansas game where in the second half – I mean, Auburn's lack of depth and Arkansas's ability to run the ball yeah. combined for – I mean, it, it. I don't have the numbers in front of me. felt like Arkansas ran for about 300 yards in the second half of that football game uh, last season because by the by the time the, the third and fourth quarter rolled around. And Auburn, I think that was the game where Auburn only played four defensive linemen. There was, was that, a that, couple that, of other snaps. That's yeah. not, not going to work. No, it, you can't have that, yes. And, and that's where you mentioned uh, getting Austin Keys back. And getting contributions from Lawrence Johnson and Zykevius Walker, like one of the reasons that I mean, yes, I think the offenses Auburn has played the last two weeks have something to do with the defensive performances that you've gotten against Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. But having some depth that you can lean on defensively, being able to go to reserve linebackers, Larry Nixon, uh, Cam Riley has been out there along with uh, along with Austin Keys, and then like you said, some of the defensive linemen too, like. Being able to go to, uh, being able to go to your bench and not have a huge drop off in production, is uh, is is part of the reason why. I mean, you yeah. can you can you can you can uh, yeah get, four, get a little more out of your starters. That four way. man, you know, rotation at linebacker has been good. Um, the rotation up front, Justin Rogers, kind of Jason Jones, kind of figuring that out, getting a little more size on the field at times. Here, here's the stretch that Auburn had last year: Georgia thirty nine for two ninety two. Ole Miss sixty nine for four forty eight. Ooh, yep. And Arkansas forty seven for two seventy six. That was a three game stretch for Auburn's defense, where you gave up almost, almost a, thousand a thousand yards. yards in three there's games. A, there's a Penn yeah. State game earlier in the season. Penn State too, was two forty five. Yeah, Penn State had. And Alabama at the end of the year one seventy three. Um, and so, um, it's yeah, it's this is. I mean, it, you know, it goes back to old school football. If you're Auburn's defense, this is going to be: can you force somebody to be one dimensional? Uh, can you? I mean, it, do you K- feel good about the matchup? If Auburn can force KJ into throwing it, you feel, uh, good, about, you feel good about the receiver versus? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it, they have it. big receivers, um, not real dynamic. This Auburn secondary, I would take my chances with Auburn secondary when with teams having to throw the football. I'd take my chances with Auburn secondary. Um, the danger is, is is those third and long quarterback run situations, those kind of things that you have to deal with. But, yeah, I, I, if you're Auburn, the, the easiest choice of those two is, yeah, I'd much rather have them throwing the football than running. Florida tried some of that, and uh, there, there were times where K.J. would convert on a big play or two. I know that the passing numbers weren't, uh, you know, they, they weren't overwhelming in, in the game against, uh, in, in the Florida-Arkansas game. But that was one where, yeah, I think Florida really tried, okay, well, let's, let's – Let's force KJ Jefferson into in, into passing situations, and that that sounds great until he hits a couple of them, and then you're and, and then you're and then you're wondering what you're what are you doing defensively? Yeah, and that's it. I mean, like there, there's things you look at and go, um, you know, how does how does this you know team mat, match up when you start talking about 
um, dealing with those situations. And I think for Auburn, you've gotten some depth. You've got the numbers on defense. Rotate. Um, and then, but offense has to take care of that too. You, you need to continue to make some big plays and, and, and move the football, um, create some of those explosive passing plays and, and score points. It's because I think if you get up here and you start – this is very similar. You get up there and you start getting into the mid-20s, upper-20s, then you got to feel like that, that hey, that, that swings things in your favor. It should uh, for this Auburn defense. 334-321-1390, the number to dial, the uh, uh, drive hotline presented by our friends at Skybar. We'll go ahead and get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. Jason with us for one more segment here on the Wednesday Drive. Welcome back into the drive. 28 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Wednesday afternoon. Man, it's about to be Wednesday evening here at 4.30. I, I can't stand it. I, I love it the first morning or two. Yeah. I do. I mean, because I, I have to get up pretty early. Yeah. So that, that makes me feel good. But, but by the end of the day, I hate it. Yeah, no, we're, we, mean, we're up at 6 o'clock. So we're moving around and getting things. And it's, it, you know, it's And nice. that sort of feels it, good. It's like you got a little more rest yeah. the first day, the first day but, or but so. Yeah, for the, when, it's, when it's dark at 4.30, uh, um, it makes. You can't get anything done. Well, last night, uh, well, last night I felt like, oh, man, it's uh, it's about Wait. midnight, and I'm the, telling that, you, that game hadn't even tipped off. Monday yet. night, I went to bed earlier than I've gone to bed in years. Yeah, I know I'm getting older, but I'm serious, Dan. Guess what time I went to bed Monday? You know, I, yeah, I, I no, I'm, I'm not an early to bed, early to rise. So I don't think people understand what time you're usually at work either, right? I mean, nah, that's true. I mean, I'm I'm usually in my office. By se- around seven. By seven. So yeah. I mean, I, yeah, Bill. Bill I so was, I mean, so I've I've got to get up. Get seven thirty, huh? Seven thirty Monday night. No, no, no. I, it wasn't that early. I mean, it felt really early to me. I was in the bed at nine thirty. Yeah. And I mean, I'm usually I usually at least watch you know wait till the news is over, watch an opening monologue or something mm-hmm. like that, then go to bed. Yeah. I mean, it's usually like I look up and it's around eleven. When the lights are going out, yeah. But I mean, nine thirty. I was struggling. I was struggling. Well, it's Monday. like today. It's like today because it got up and the sunshine, all that stuff. I looked up and it was nine o'clock, and I said, "It, it feels like it's I'm, like it's it noon. feels like it's lunchtime yeah, already." Really? Yes. <laughs> all right, let's get to the drive hotline sponsored by Skybar. Inspector gets us going. Hey, Specter. Hey guys, uh, <clears throat> Bill Dan. I just got this letter across the wire. I need to read it to you. And let me read it in its entirety before you respond, okay? All right. It says, Bill and Dan, your listeners deserve the best in radio broadcasting. Anything less than that is unacceptable. You have failed to perform your duties with the skill, knowledge, and or ability expected and or required of you. My colleagues and I have come to the conclusion that you have demonstrated a need for remedial training of the operation of the broadcasting board. Your inability to answer phones, keep track of sponsor breaks, and posting podcasts to their corresponding dates. You are hereby suspended of all operation of the broadcasting board until said training is accomplished. Sincerely, President, Auburn Fan Base Local Chapter 22, CC Auburn Network. Okay, that I I don't even have a problem with that yeah. because we were sort of we were sort of we get, thrown behind the board yeah, with, we, with Drew out sick. Can we get, so. some, can we get some extra money for this training, <laughs> Spectre? Are you paying for it? Yeah, as long hey, that's the thing. Will will well, we will we qualify for pay as board ops and and uh, 
And producer, a, producer, and host are different jobs. Yeah, Specter, we were pulling well, double duty there. Well, well, as a member of the local chapter twenty-two, I will forward this on for uh, evaluation. How's that? Yeah, okay, I, I, Specter, I got somewhere you can. Forward. I don't think I'm. I, mi- I don't think I missed one break. I, I got somewhere you can forward that letter. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Okay. No, it's 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 always good. you know, Inspector. We were talking about you off the air earlier today, because yeah. I mean, when we talked about the Robbie Ashford thing yesterday, the news coming out of the uh, uh, out of practice that it seemed like Holden had moved ahead of Robbie on the depth chart, according to the people who were who were there able to watch it. And I think a lot of people have focused on what this means for Robbie. Uh, but I, I think I, I think I heard you make a call on a on a, a previous show. Yeah, we about, we heard like, you earlier talking with Jacob. I yeah. turned it up, and Dan and I listened. No, and and the and the fact that I don't think enough people are pointing out this does mean that Hugh Freeze is doing some work developing Holden Gurr. Hey, absolutely, and and I stand by what I said because both of these quarterbacks, Robbie and and Holden, are four star quarterbacks with excellent resumes. And for you know, that's why we hired Coach Freeze to come in here and, and develop these players. And I'm glad that uh, something is happening with Holden, uh, Robbie. Now, you know, I'm not around to see everything that goes on. I know he's he's kind of a hothead, and he was last year for sure. I thought maybe his maturity might have been kicked in there, but uh, you know, if if something is going on that I'm not aware of, so be it. But if he is, um, you know. I, I really don't know what to say any more about Robbie other than I did I did my best in, in promoting him and trying to get him to to do the best he could and, and get the coaches involved and stuff like that. But oh no, there was know, a and you weren't the only ones, but there there was a vocal Auburn segment that was really rooting for Robbie Ashford to have sort of a rainbow at the end of the road that that he had last year. You know, hoping that this ended with Robbie Ashford being the quarterback and triumphing. At Auburn, and while it still could happen, you know there, there's, uh, you know, college football isn't a, college football isn't a, a sports movie or or the you know or, or a novel or something where where you get that you get that ending and you know it might, maybe it ends with Robbie Ashford like he's got options you know of, of how he wants his college athletics story to end. Here's the other part: we haven't seen the last of Robbie Ashford. Like he, I still believe he's going to play in games. I think this is more of. If we have to have a second guy running the offense, then right now that would be holding guard. Right, in that my absolutely doesn't mean that Robbie wouldn't be the I man think, I think for we'll see, specific I think we'll packages see plays. I think we'll see him Saturday. Uh, I think, I, and and so last weekend never really got to that point where you're like, okay, we need to go here because of the way the game flow was, something like that. Uh, I do think if I mentioned we mentioned the thirty-one-seven, I do believe if Auburn had gotten a stop at thirty-one-to-seven. I think we would have seen Holden Garner in the game, um, but uh, yeah, I you know hey, I've been saying I'm, I believe in Robbie Ashford. I think he's a guy that can play. I just don't know that it's going to be in what they want to do right now in this offense. Um, well, let me ask, let me ask you this, Jason. Uh, what do you think uh, possibilities of, of of Ashford going over to play baseball? I don't. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, it's it's too far down the road. He for hasn't me. he hasn't done it now in a while. And in two the meantime, years, over two years, uh, we we may. I don't know that we're going to have time to really get into this today. But but boy, uh, Butch Thompson, Carl Nunnemaker, and staff have have added to the talent on that roster. Yeah, I know. I think here's the thing for Robbie. I think if it didn't work out for football, then I think he tells a a major league team, "Hey, draft me. I'll come play," and then you would yeah. still go develop anyway. Um, 
you know, I that's the thing. And, and, and the other one is this people like, hey, Robbie needs to go over and, and play wide receiver. Well, that sounds great, but in the short term, you're not going to – now, you might be able to run a go route. We saw Cam Newton do that too. You might be able to do some of those things, and I would not be shocked to see him line up at wide receiver and run a route or do something just to kind of give a team a different look. But, yeah, I think yeah. Rob, Robbie wants to be a quarterback. That's who he is. You know, we'll see what happens down the road. But um, you're right. This is more yeah. about holding, continuing to progress, and especially in a system that kind of fits fits more of what he wants to do mm-hmm. more than both of those systems did last year. All right. Yeah, I agree 100%. You're so right about that. All right. Um, all right, guys. Don't forget about that letter, guys. Oh, no. Oh, oh, yeah. Gonna go. I mean, you know what? If, if the podcast gets uploaded today, I'll go back and listen to your call again, Spectre. <laughs> All right, see you guys later. <laughs> right, I appreciate it. No, the, and the, I believe the podcasts are uh, close to up to date, if not. If yeah, not well, and the, pr- and the problem, the problem, Drew wasn't here. That's the problem is when we're short a few people, there's no one to to instruct us on how to do that. Yeah, everyone's. I a, mean, I think we figured we've got the board. We got the board fairly. Yeah, figured everyone's out. a critic. All right, I know, appreciate it, Specter. Great stuff. All right, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Jason. All right, he mentioned baseball. I wanted you to since since you mentioned. Uh, I guess it was perfect game that's got Auburn with the number four class yep. in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, a a wealth of of talent coming in now. Obviously, there's no guarantee that they'll all be here next year. But I'd rather be signing guys that you're worried about being drafted high by Major League Baseball than guys that Major League Baseball's not interested in. Yeah, it, it's it to me, it's almost the the perfect scenario when you look at Auburn's class right now. Because you look, and, and Connor Gatwood is the first player on Auburn's list, and he's the number 41 player nationally. Now, I think he's going to move up. He's a guy that has gone in the last 12 to 18 months from upper 80s to 97 this summer, and he's a 6'5 right-handed pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a big body. That's what guys are looking for. I think he'll move up some. What you don't have is a bunch of guys that are in the 7 to 15 range. Right. That's where – now. You do have the NIL possibilities to keep guys, and, and LSU just which is signed, which is so much it helps of, of a factor. It helps now. you get those guys on campus a little more. LSU just signed four of the top ten players in the country, <laughs> including uh, you know Ken Caminiti's son. Um, they, they, how many of those guys can you get on campus that are top ten guys? That's mm-hmm. hard. Auburn has a bunch of guys in the top two hundred, from forty to two hundred. That's a key. And one of the things that's really interesting about this is that seven pitchers from Auburn since 2017 have been drafted in the first seven rounds that were state of Alabama kids. Yep. You think about you think about Auburn, we've talked about this forever in football and basketball and every other sport. Auburn is always best when that footprint is here. In baseball, it's almost always been that way, where you look at the best guys, the best players, the best teams have always had a bunch of kids from the state of Alabama. Well, you look at Connor Gatwood from Baker High School in Mobile, um, baseball guy that that has a ton of upside – Christian Chatterton from Brooks High School in Killen, Alabama, number 43 player in the country, six foot 195. So he's not the big rangey right. guy. That's a guy you feel like got a pretty good shot to no, get that Gatwood guy. and then the lefty. Jackson Sanders from yeah. Valley. Um, Jackson is, is 120, was higher than that originally. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't gone to 95, 96. He's 93, 94, which for a, for a 6'3 lefty yeah. in high school is pretty darn good. But mixes pitches, does those things. So you start talking about – Three in-state pitchers that are all top 20, 120 players in the country that you're getting on campus is, is really big. Um, a couple of more really good pitchers in this class, too. And a couple of guys from in-state that guys that have a chance. Uh, 
you know, to to be a guy Luke Davenport from James Clemens High School is is a six well, four. I, I I was on the air with the grandfather of a six five yeah, left. Correct. This morning. Yep. Yep. Uh, Wyatt Sanderson, who's he's heading this way. Oh, Jack Sanderson, excuse me, um, from North Carolina, Tuscaloosa, uh, signed Eli Driscoll's a right hander from Faith Academy. Lots of in-state pitchers. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that. I mean, and, a really so that, lot of in-state pitchers. So, and then, um, you know, Christopher Rembert is, is the highest-ranked position player kid from Catholic High in Pensacola. But Chase Fralick is the is the crazy one. This guy has has D1 tennis offers, is hmm. a tennis player. He's also a catcher and a power-hitting lefty. And so he's a six. Wow, I just don't think of tennis no, and a catcher. No, 6'3". Six three kid. I'm that, thinking rangy somebody yeah, who's no, really quick. No, he is. Know? He is an athlete and a guy that that is a I think has a big time upside. It's, t- it's tough to play catcher if you're not a pretty good athlete nowadays, though. That, right? it, I mean, that's it, true, it, but it's, it's but you don't you don't necessarily you don't think, think of, of the frame of a tennis player. Yeah, and you think about if you have a guy like that and and how guys like that. If you have one of those guys, then it's a dramatic guy, oh yeah difference to to play a guy that's an athlete at catcher. Um, Tanner Waldrop, Auburn High School catcher infielder could probably do some different things but a big time bat he's 160 nationally so tanner waldrop and and jackson sanders from valley the two first commitments for for this group were building blocks for this class and so you look at, at all these guys um you know people look at it and said look there's a lot of guys there are a lot of guys but that's that's baseball and a lot of these kids are paying their own way or hoping to get some nil money down the road um to try to make it but you know, two of the guys, two of the guys that I'm, I, that I mentioned, that were two of the seven players that Auburn had had drafted that were top seven round picks. Two of those kids were initial walk-ons. Um, you know, so it's funny when you look at who was who was an who were initial I, walk-ons. You won't believe one of them. Um, so when you start talking about it, Richard Fitz was one. Blake Burkhalter was the other one. Wow. Okay. Blake Burkhalter was a walk-on and was a second round draft choice. Um, so. Um, that's what you have in baseball, and that's what this staff has done a good job of, and this class is deep. Um, and like I said, how many of them can you get here? But you'll still have this mix of probably two or three position player transfers to try to mm-hmm. give you older bats, more experienced bats. And, um, you know, and it'll all depend on, you know, like Chris Stanfield is a draft-eligible sophomore. Ike Irish is not, so he's a guy that would will, will, you know, should be back for a third year after this year. So you'll have some positions to fill, but you know you you just kind of keep rolling over and try to keep getting as good as possible. And then uh, baseball with a, a solid performance this past weekend in Biloxi, and they wrap things up uh, this week, right? Yeah, they got their their World Series coming up starting this weekend, ahead into next week, and heard great things about Chase Awesome, his performance down there. Um, three pitches, um, well, really, really, sh- good, really shut them down. Really good. And Cam Tilly, the true freshman, it it'll tell you something that they did there draft for for the baseball and ike irish was the first pick i think cooper weiss was the first pick for the next team cam tilly the true freshman right-hander was picked number two the third overall pick in this draft that tells you how much they believe in this freshman already he gave up a home run over the weekend but i think he struck out everybody else he faced up to 95 or so from the right right side so a lot of depth for this team kind of figuring out the position pieces yeah so uh yeah, Jason's got great info there about that as well. We've got a couple of more minutes with him. Let's let's uh, uh, get back to again thoughts on Auburn, Arkansas this Saturday up in Fayetteville. Yeah, I, I think to me this one can Auburn make plays on first down? Um, can you throw the ball? 
I, I think I think Travis Williams is going to pressure them and say, "I dare you." Got to catch the ball, guys. Gotta, just gotta, got, I mean, gotta, because gotta it. boy, that, it, it could have been a fabulous game yeah, for Peyton the, Thorne. The, the two throws that he made on the deep balls, uh, the first one to. Um, Amari, Cam, no, Camden no, Brown. Camden, Camden Brown, yeah. you was Camden was just missed time exactly to jump. Where, oh goodness! And it was it, it wasn't funny, but it was. I talked to Peyton Thorne for a second. He goes, Cam came back to him and said, "Did I jump too early?" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah. I think so." Look at me. He said, "Did it look bad?" <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, it did. It, it, but it, but you could see it, and, and it just I think he wanted to catch it so early, mm-hmm. and it, and he, he uh, saw that. Yeah, he knew he was he open. Would, he saw the ball, and, and he got, jumped, and, and it's like, photo "Oh, I can't hang." He is a foot above the guy. I mean, it was going to be a catch. Yeah. And then Amar Kelly, just I feel bad for a guy that has that, and it happens. It just does. But, I mean, Peyton Thorne got hit right in the mouth on that throw. I mean, he stepped into the throw, made two good deep ball throws. Rivaldo Fairweather, we ain't seen him do that all year long, and he had a couple of drops. Javaris Johnson, we hadn't seen him do that ever. Javaris came back and he made a back, really nice that, catch. I, we In our Monday morning kind of review, that third and five play was my offensive play of the game. Oh, right after, right after the drop, right? It was yes, a, and, and it led to the – That it, wasn't an easy catch. It led to the touchdown, but yeah. those are the types of plays mm-hmm. that you have to make yes. to win football games. The the big they, the runs and all those things are great. The third and five conversion throws and catches, those are the plays you have to make to win football games, and that was a massive play. Confidence, and even though they had those drops, it feels like a team that is a lot more confident than it was a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, even though they didn't play their best. Yeah, so they'll go up. To, they'll go up to Arkansas feeling pretty good, I think. And, and uh, about what they can do. Well, no, weather looks pretty good. Hey, I, if you'd have told me we're going to Arkansas and it's going to be sixty-four, thirty-seven with no chance of snow or rain, <laughs> I'd have taken it all day long. For a, yeah, for a post-Halloween game in, in Fayetteville, a November game in Fayetteville, cold, oh. cold weather will work. Uh, got got to mention Jarquez. Right, I mean, after the, the the way he's played these last couple of weeks, uh, post game, the the first thing I asked you, Freeze, was, you know, I was sitting there thinking, I was I was humming Guns and Roses song, you know, Patience, and I was like, that that was it. He goes, that's the on on the headset. That's what I told Cadillac. Like. He said that Patience, and it it he slowed down and let blocks develop. And we talked to Connor Lou after the game, and he said it allows us to get to the block and and get a feel for it. And and I think early on, Jarquez was so excited to play and get back on the field that it was just, hey, I'm taking off. And now you look, and to me, I, I think about Trey Mason. That 2013 team, when they were humming, Trey Mason half the time was standing still. Oh, it seemed like, oh, what is he doing? Behind the right. line of scrimmage, waiting for, waiting for the hole. And I thought Jarquez did a good job of that Saturday. And, uh, hey, every once in a while, you're going you're gonna to get tackled right there if somebody breaks through. But his patience in running and then running through tackles at the second level, um, the back-to-back games he's had are are, are darn impressive. And um, it, it looks like they're getting a feel for the running game right now. Jason, I know you got to run. Let everybody know what the, they can look forward to the rest of the week uh, here on uh, Auburn Undercover and how they can uh, keep up with it all and follow you. Absolutely. Got uh, got lots of stuff from, from the basketball signing day today. Um, got baseball. Got that full full class story up as well. Lots of previews heading into Arkansas this weekend. Um, looking forward to that trip. Um, see if Auburn, Auburn normally has played pretty well in Fayetteville. Um, and so we'll see if they can continue that. And obviously, if you can, if you can get a win here, then it's a huge momentum, mm-hmm. again, continuing for the end of this season for this team. But got all that going on. Obviously, you know, still lots of football recruiting as we get about a month away from, from the early signing period for football, yeah. which will be really interesting. And 
and how this roster shapes itself out from a transfer market, who stays, who decides, hey, I'm not playing anymore. I mean, there's a lots of moving parts for, for football nowadays. Great stuff, Jason. Uh, have, a, have a great trip. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, guys. All right, we need to get to our final break of hour number one. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive. This is Martha. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final minute or so of hour number one of the Wednesday Drive. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover, part of the uh, 247 Network. Great stuff from Jason, as always. Yeah, I was just thinking, uh, this. we were talking about it here during the break. It's going to be a busy, busy weekend, especially Friday. And we need to let you know some of the changes because we have Auburn men's and women's basketball. We have... Auburn High and Lee Scott football. So, uh, Auburn men's basketball is going to be right here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn High football is on wings as they're in Baker for the first round of the playoffs. Uh, Lee Scott football uh, will be uh, hosting Fort Dale, and that will be on Tiger Country, and then Auburn women's basketball on AU 100. I think I got it all right. Now, but the Auburn women's basketball game is on Thursday, isn't it? So that's the Lee, are the Lee Scott and Auburn women's deal. Is that is that tomorrow night or is that Friday night? Uh, well, I don't know. I I heard that that's what it was going to be. So I didn't even I didn't even see Cause, the because because Auburn, Auburn's women yeah, and yeah, the Auburn women do play tomorrow night, it, and Auburn they, men, of course, are Friday. So and, and Friday is a holiday. I think technically right too. So is, isn't uh, oh is Friday the uh, the memorial uh, the uh, Veterans Day holiday? I, I think so. So yeah. Huh. Okay. Hour number two coming up. Yeah, we'll, we'll sort that out over the break. Stick with us. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Wednesday Drive as the uh, sun setting in the west uh, Bill and Dan here with Drew back at the controls. Yeah, a reminder that coming up at the bottom of the hour, it's our regular Tiger Takes as uh, Jacob Goins from uh, On the Line uh, talks with Eugene Asante. In the meantime, we'd like to talk with you here, uh, and you can call us on the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar, and that number is 334 321 1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the Drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. Just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform or go to ESPNAU.com and use the podcast center. Hour number two of The Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. 
Com. Let me uh, correct what I was saying there as we went to the top of the hour. We have an end case. We do have some things moving around this Friday. That would be Auburn men's basketball because we have Auburn men's basketball and Auburn high school football uh, going on at the same time. And they're both normally aired on Wings 94.3. The radio call of Auburn and Southeastern from Neville Arena on Friday night that's going to be right here on ESPN 106.7. That is correct. Auburn High School football playoff action. They are at Baker. Are they hosting? Is it? They're, no, they're they're in Mobile. They're in at Mobile. Baker at Baker, and you can catch that on Wings 94.3 as as Auburn looks that, to get to the second round. That is correct. Now I mentioned Lee Scott. Lee Scott hosting Fort Dale. That will still be on AU 100 because the Auburn women play. Tomorrow night, but Auburn hosting Louisiana tomorrow night. A, a plucky women's basketball team out of the Sun Belt. Gary Broadhead has won the league before. He'll have a uh, yeah. That'll be a tough challenge uh, as as Auburn's uh, women begin a couple of tough challenges. They got Rutgers over the weekend on the road, flying up to New Jersey, mm-hmm. and then uh, next week uh, they've got a uh, uh, they, they've they've got a good team as well. I'm, bl- I'm blanking on on the other team. Yeah. Well, next run, week, next Friday, the Auburn women play. If Lee Scott wins and advances to the uh, state championship game, then both of those games would have been scheduled to be on AU100, and the uh, um, Lee Scott would move over to Tiger Country, next Tiger 104.5. Next, next Friday, the, uh, November 17th, uh, Auburn's women are at Cal. On, or no, Cal, Cal is at uh, yeah, Auburn. Cal's yeah, at Auburn. Cal's at Auburn mm-hmm. uh, ne- next uh, Friday night. And so that game uh, will, will that be. That would be on, on AU100. Right. And Lee Scott would then, if they're playing for the title, they would move over to uh, Tiger 104.5. So that's, that's some of the, uh, that's what you get. Fortunately, we have enough signals yeah. to be able to carry everything. It's Thank great. You. I mean, th- ra- rarely do our obligations as the Lee Scott Radio Network, the Auburn High School Radio Network, and the Auburn University Radio Network. Uh, r- rarely do these collide, but uh, I guess during high school football season, there is a chance that you could have some uh, some double bookings and things. And so we're going to make sure everyone can hear everything. Just might not be on all the stations that you're normally used to. Right. Uh, we, we we will keep reminding you of, of where you can find things. Uh, let's see. Today, the first day of the fall signing period for multiple sports. Jason Caldwell talking about the. Auburn baseball signing class, which Perfect Game has as the number four class in the nation. Auburn men's basketball signing two today to Hod Pettiford. Had been committed to Auburn, the five-star point guard out of New Jersey. He signed first thing this morning. Then right around midday, uh, Ja'Kai Howard, a four-star who is one of the top 100 prospects in the country, a 6'6", small or power forward. Uh, who's originally out of Norcross. Well, I guess he was he was born in Boston because he talked about um, uh, connecting with Bruce Pearl, finding out that Bruce is originally from Boston. But he grew up and played at Norcross before he moved to Overtime Elite. Yeah, and, and Overtime Elite, uh, some folks may be wondering, like, isn't that the professional path for players who didn't want to play college basketball? And while there is that option for players who are invited to Overtime Elite. You can take a yearly salary and you can forego, you can, you can take a salary uh, per season and forego your uh, and forego your college eligibility. And that's called, that's Overtime Elite Pro. Yes. There's Overtime Elite and Overtime Elite Pro, and he has been with Overtime Elite, which is the non, 
um, paid you can, you to can, play. You, you can uh, you can group. forego your salary and preserve your college eligibility, and that is what uh, Jakai decided mm-hmm. to do. And so he is able to play at Auburn despite not playing conventional high school basketball. He was an overtime elite for the last couple of years of his high school career. Meanwhile, uh, Coach Johnny Harris uh, signing the top player in Alabama in uh, Jordan Hunter, 5'9 guard out of Trustville, who is one of the top 50 uh, prospects in the nation and the top player in the state of Alabama. So, I mean, it's been a big day in multiple sports. I saw, yeah, Jason mentioned men's golf. I think women's golf signed um, a, a player who's been ranked the number one player in in the United States as well uh, in the uh, under 18. So, I mean, it's it's been a big day. And, uh, um, you know, you can – you can check all those things out at, uh, you know, I'm sure Jason was saying there at, um, at at Auburn Undercover, or you can look on the on the Auburn website. We'll keep you updated and talk about whatever you would like. We have a full bank of calls, and let's get to them with Tex getting us started. Hey, Tex. Uh, yes, I'd like the complaint department. <laughs> yeah, we'll forward that to you. Yeah, you're we'll on, forward you're, you to that. You're on with them. I understood uh, one young man said that catchers aren't athletes. Oh, that no, that, was that? I wasn't me, was it? No, I, I think I, I, I was. Uh, I was suggesting that you cat, said cat, catchers today are athletic. Well, well I, no, okay, there, there were other <laughs> folks. Other folks on the show were. Acting, I were said. Surprised I just they, didn't. I did not normally picture the prototypical tennis player. As a catcher, but I yeah, and, and I'm you know not not that it's uh, you know I'm not terribly familiar now, with catcher recruiting, but I I know that there have been multi-sport athletes who played catcher and and also did some other. Joe Mauer. Comes no, I'm to talking about a, me. I'm Craig not talking Biggio. about anybody Craig, else. Craig Biggio. <laughs> well, pickleball is so another. You know, pickleball you, is like tennis. So I mean, you yeah, know, I'm not suggesting I'm more athletic than anyone. Tex, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll challenge you to see how athletic you might be. Uh, and show you how athletic a catcher is on a court with a paddle in his hand. No, and, and you know what? I've always thought that the position looked to be no. I mean, people thought that that you know there was this this notion of like earlier in there, there was this notion of oh you could you could have a uh, your your least athletic guy could put be, put could, a put a big chunky guy yeah, behind the and, plate. No, you put those guys at first base. Yeah, it generally. seems like I mean that that's it's brutal on your knees and you need quick reflexes and you need speed. Like I've. I've never subscribed to the idea. It's that, okay, that, Dan. It's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the complete description. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's how I became a catcher. On the, at my first eight-year-old team, we were at a team meeting, and the coach asked everybody where they played. The kid next to me said, I'm the shortstop. I said, no, I'm the shortstop. He pushed me. I punched him. The coach looked at me and said, you're the catcher. <laughs> Well, I True think story. I think things worked out. Uh, Tex, I just don't. I, um, I don't know. Maybe you'd have been a great shortstop. I just don't. Uh, I just at, at eight don't years old, I'd have been a really Tex, good shortstop. Tex, my one my one game at catcher happened because the catcher didn't show up, and we realized five minutes before that we needed a catcher. Or we were going to be in big trouble. And, uh, I never liked did, that. Did not I, did not go well. I attempted catcher for I think two pitches, and that was it. It it takes. So you're talking to a guy that pre spring training caught Joe Beckwith and Terry Leach multiple times. Mm. So if you don't believe you have to be an athlete, try and catch Terry Leach. Beckwith would get mad if he was a half an inch off where he was delivering the ball. Leach, sidearm, everything moves. You had to be extremely athletic. So anyway, that's just – I made that joke. 
So, uh, can, can we talk quarterbacks for just a minute? And sure. I just had to get that in. I know there's other people that don't want to hear this part about catching. but So, Gurner's getting it because Robbie doesn't fit the mold of what the offense is designed to do. Uh, and there has been, quote-unquote, rumors that maybe attitude has not been as good. And I know it's difficult, you know. And I'll also tell you, you mentioned yesterday, Bill, baseball. So I made a phone call. He's He would be someone that would be looked at as a center fielder if he continued to progress uh, as a potential draft pick. That makes he was sense. A good baseball player, mm-hmm. a really good baseball player. So uh, I talked to a guy that's seen him and said that he would be possibly draft uh, draftable as he progressed in the game. Well, I can see where I can see where a team would would go. Hey, we'll we'll take a chance. Would he need to Would he need to play more college baseball, or is that something where he could just he could just signal to major league no, baseball they teams? Would want, they want to see him play college baseball. College baseball today is as much a feeding ground as the elite high school athlete. Uh, College baseball is as talented as it's ever been, and it's going to continue to grow because even though rookie and A-ball leagues have much better fields, an SEC base, and most baseball fields in today's college baseball field, lists are better than a lot of double-A parts. Hey, the facilities AA are better. Where the prospects yeah. are. The travel is know. better. And you know what? Yes. For a lot of kids, the money's going to be better now with NIL. That is correct. So, yes, they would want to see him see, see him play college baseball. I would love nothing more than to be able to run this offense with Robbie Ashford and his running ability if he could hit receivers consistently with the football. Strong arm, inaccurate. That's, you know, yeah, Thorne doesn't always make great decisions. But the majority of the time he makes, he, he doesn't put the ball at risk. Tex, I was, re- I was reading uh, an old article a couple of uh, years ago from, uh, it, it, was, it was an interview Mike Leach had done with, uh, with a writer. And it, one tangent Mike Leach went on was the biggest mistake, and this isn't, this isn't about Robbie Ashford specifically, but, he, you know, uh, Leach was of the opinion the biggest mistake football coaches make is believing they can fix accuracy. You know, let the, as opposed to, you know, as, as though they, they can be the one to unlock uh, how to turn, you know, a, a guy who, was a, you know, who struggled to complete passes in high school, they can be the one to figure out how to teach him how to do it at the college level. Or NFL coaches will think, well, yeah, he wasn't accurate at the high school level, uh, but, but we'll, we'll be the ones who can develop in, in, into an NFL passer. And it, it just so rarely goes as planned. Mike Leach, I think, finished it with, you're better off recruiting the shortstop from the baseball team and teaching him to be a pitcher or teaching him to be a, a quarterback than you are trying to take an inaccurate quarterback and, and make him an accurate one. Yep. Well, I'm going to let other people get on. I apologize. And, Dan, I was just, I was just yanking your No, I know. Okay. I, hey, Tex, I know about it. Right? <laughs> hey, hey, forward, hey, forward that letter, too, all right? All right, man. Take care. Appreciate Come. the call, Tex. Hey, uh, I, I've gotten a text Oop. from from Jack uh, wanting to let folks know this. More Auburn High basketball tonight. Oh, as uh, the the uh, men and women uh, and they and they play uh, Brubaker Tech Brew Tech tonight. 
530. On WE? Is that? I don't know. Okay. That's oh. that's all I got from him. Jack, find it. Hey, tell us what station it's on, Jack. <laughs> Appreciate it, bud. I just I just have what I have. 334-321-1390 and the first of back-to-back Johns are up next. Hey, John. Hey. Hey. Can you hear me? Got you. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, I was just going to touch on the uh, the basketball game last night. Uh, kind of felt like the Ole Miss game in football. Felt like we won. Felt like we let one get away last night. Uh, yeah, tough not to when you when you led as long as Auburn did. We le- we left a lot of points on the court in our transition offense. We left we left at least six or eight points that I can think off the top of my head where we didn't convert at the other end when we should have. So maybe we can uh, learn to slow that down a grunt and get a better shot off in the future. But uh, overall, I was pleased. And the uh, freshman point guard was, as advertised, he was uh, pretty dead on. I was impressed for his first uh, collegiate start. He looked pretty sharp to me. Yeah, offensively, I mean, I I know that Bruce wants a little more out of him defensively. But, yeah, I mean, for for his first game, uh, and and it wasn't – I mean, he he didn't look – overwhelmed or anything by the pressure. I mean, yeah, nice-looking shot. And I still don't know that he's 100%. Yeah, as a – I believe given time and uh, with this uh, team having an opportunity to play a little bit more together, I think by the end of the year, come uh, come March, I think it'll be a pretty a pretty decent little tournament team. Going to be a fun team to watch. I don't so, – there's no question about that. I appreciate it. Have a good afternoon. Appreciate the call, John. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. It is ninety six three W Lee. By the way, check with Scott. Okay. Check with Scott Bagwell. Who would know? And, Good. Uh, and yeah, that, that's where you can catch tonight's Auburn High School basketball action. All right, we'll get to our first break of hour number two. Come on in and join us again. Don't forget, we've got our Tiger Take segment coming up at the bottom of the hour. Back with more of your phone calls here on the Wednesday Drive. This is Martha Hank with the Food Bank of East Alabama. The annual Beat Bama Food Drive is with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive at 520 here on this Wednesday evening. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls. Let's get back to the drive hotline. And Ty the Tiger is up next. Hey, Ty. What's going on, guys? How you doing, Ty? Good to hear from you. Man, it's a fun time. A lot going on. A lot going on. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, the game yesterday, It, um, you know, the last caller said that eight, uh, Aiden Holloway got the start. I actually uh, – No, Trey started. Start. Yeah. And, Holloway, uh, Holloway got actually, 27 of the – right, it was, it was 27-13? Yeah, I think it was 27 was, of the was 40 the minute minutes. Split, yeah, yeah um, that's what I was I – was I was on the phone with my buddy, and as soon as he came in, I said, just watch this kid, man. I promise you about – I said, Trey's starting because he's, he's the, you know, the veteran in the group. But I said, man, this is going to be our starting point guard. Come Maybe before, but at least when we start SEC play, this will be our starting point guard. And he showed out. I mean, his stat line was ridiculous. I think he was like nineteen, you know, five and six or something like that. I mean, he had a he had a game. Um, he really did. Uh, he lived up to the hype. But you know, what about the freshman on the other side? Oh, yeah, man. Jacoby oh, Walter. Walter. That I mean, that is a guy that 
the nephew of Doc Robinson. <laughs> he's got some he's got some Auburn ties. Auburn really went hard after him, but he's been in Texas for the last few years, and uh, of course chose Baylor. And man, he yeah, he he's pretty good too, isn't he? So you know, I, I remember watching him in the uh, McDonald's game of against Aiden and in uh, LeBron James, and I mean, you knew right then he was going to be a player then too. You know, I mean he. He showed out uh, during that game as well, so no surprise there. Um, I think the foul trouble really killed us uh, there in the stretch. And I think Aiden, man, I mean, Aiden had a great game. Uh, There was like three or four times I just didn't understand him lobbing the ball down, like trying to catch a fast break and and just, you know, he I think got the last one, I mean, the fifth one that he did, but there was – he had a couple turnovers or just a couple, you know. How about, how about this, Ty? I, I wonder if he maybe picked up, and, and I'm not expecting this to last all season. I wonder if he, he was trying some things that worked against non-Baylor competition, you know, yeah. pre- previously in his basketball career, right? You know, playing, yeah. in, you know, at the high school level and, and, and at some of the some of the uh, AAU, AAU stuff that he's done. Like, maybe some of those passes work, uh, but – uh, but but when a team is playing, especially at the intensity last night's game was played at by both teams, uh, yeah, you're you're not going to be able to get easy ones against uh, against guys. Occasionally, guys like, you might. Yeah, but but, 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 yeah. but those Baylor guys are going to go get the ball too. Yeah, and and you, and again, and then he had a couple dribbles that got away from him, or just bad, you know. Um, yeah, he got a little ahead of himself. It looked like right there, you know, at, at, toward the end. Both, both of those teams, both of those teams were guarding, though, weren't they? Like all, I mean, yeah. that, that there was. I mean, I, if I were, I mean, that's something where, you know, you feel like the defensive effort you got from either of those teams last night is going to win you a lot of college basketball. Yeah, and it's crazy when you have 170 points scored. But I, I agree. Well, I said, I said to my buddy, uh, you know, first five, six minutes, I said, man, I'm, I'm a little nervous. They're bigger and they're faster than us. They they were a little quicker, but we really hammered down on defense and took that game over on our defense. I think, I think that's not going to be an issue. And obviously, I mean, uh, another cat man that just kind of impressed me, and I'm really excited about him too. Is Denver Jones looked good last night? Um, there was a couple. T- again, I think everybody had a couple mo- bonehead moments and stuff. But overall, I like I like I think we've got some scores. You know, I think that's something mm-hmm. last year. I mean, you know, it, it seemed like last year sometimes we would just back up and just see if Wendell Green could make something happen, and that was like the only score we had. You know, I mean, Aiden showed some 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 definite uh, three point range. So did so did Denver. Um, and then I, you know the I, one. I, the I like one you guy know Chad. Chad's in, Chad's interesting, isn't he? Chad. Yeah, Chad. Yeah, he can stay out of foul trouble. Say, Chad. Yeah. Really intrigued me. I wasn't too hype on him coming in. I knew he was going to be a player, you know, and get some PT. I just didn't know how good he's going to be. But I think he's going to be, he's going to be, I think, a, a real good rotation piece. I mean, here's the thing about both of those teams. You watch that game, and it felt like a, a March, you know, type of game. The intensity was there, and both teams looked like, okay, they're they're going to. They're going to compete not only in their conference, but they're going to be in March Madness. I mean, that was a tournament team we faced last night. Oh, for no sure. Um, and I think we are. I mean, I, I you know, I hate to lose, uh, but, you know, you you, you, you kind of you, – you get in foul trouble and it just kind of gets away from you. I mean, you know, we had that – we had the bad, bad – the slower start in the, in the second half mm-hmm. and then the real bad, you know, really about seven minutes in, we just kind of – 
we just really looked young and we needed some more time to to dribble the ball together like you guys said but i like i said i think it's going to be an exciting year i'm 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 really excited we've got some and bruce uh put a little schedule together because um, i mean we've got some good games i'm i'm really excited and looking you know you can go you could go get almost i mean about 20 rows up for about a hundred bucks in uh in atlanta versus indiana i mean you can't even get in the door to most auburn sec games for $100 in no you're not kidding I, I think there are, I think there are some relatively uh, inexpensive seats in New York if you want to see Auburn and uh, and Notre Dame in, in in that area. I mean that that was the case a couple of weeks ago. Maybe that's tightened up a little bit. But I was yeah. Uh, no, I, I, we looked at tickets. Obviously, I could you know couldn't do that. But yeah, the tickets there are not that much. But um, and they're they're a little bit about the same. But they're they're a two gamer. You know, you get uh, Notre Dame and Auburn, and then somebody else, Saint Saint Bolivar or something, and, and somebody Bonaventure, else maybe. Yeah, somebody, two other teams. So it's like a, it's like a, you know, an NCAA game. You get the session, you know, the whole session. Um, I've seen, I've seen under under twenty bucks on the uh, yeah. on the uh, secondary market for Auburn Notre Dame. But, if you're if you're in the New York metropolitan area and you want to check out uh, that game at, at Barclays next week. But man, I just, I just, I, I, I'm excited about our team. Like I said, hate to lose, but uh, I mean, you Bruned looked good. He, you know, I, he got a little flusher there during that run. But other than that, I mean, that cat looked like he's going to be, if not the best, uh, you know, in the discussion maybe for SEC player or or, or at least big man. You know, um, obviously there might be some guards out there that outplay him, but he looks like he might he might be at least one of the best big men in the SEC. He is a double-double machine, and nice to see him. I mean, he just uh, drained his first two threes. Man, and, you know, that's what they talked about, the NBA scouts. You know, that was his – that's why he didn't go, was he he had to get better at the three-point line. Looks like he's been working on it. So, I think we're going to shoot some more threes this year, and I think that was the main factor losing last year. So, I I mean, we got to see – you know, like I said, we got some good games coming up. The season just started, but, man, it's going to be good, and – and you know, guys, I called in a couple weeks ago and I talked about I felt like Robbie had a better attitude than Peyton um, when they were switching in and out. And it, and you know, y'all touched on it a minute ago. It it seems like it's gone 180 degrees on that ever since. You know that um, that Mississippi State. I, well, you know, it, and, it's um, it's tough for anybody in in anything. I mean, man, I I, I don't know that I'd like cameras on me every yeah. time if. If uh, you know, if you think you're the guy, and then and then you're not, you know. I thought the yeah. cam- I thought the camera work in the Vanderbilt game, focusing on Robbie for for a minute or so, was a little unnecessary. There, you know, I, I you know you can you can read into it however you want to and and stuff. I you know I I'm I sort of understand when the a, a quarterback not not that you don't you know not that you want uh, a malcontent or anything like that, but I can understand why a quarterback is a little bit frustrated if they believe they're the one that could help the team win and they're not the one out there, uh, but. Uh, yeah, it, d- it did seem like uh, emotions uh, uh, spilled over a little bit to where you could see it in, in body language and stuff uh, on Saturday. But if I ever could, if I ever could give them some advice, is you know uh, always stay ready and just be that guy. You know, don't be the cancer to the team. You know, and I don't think he is. I, I, I mean, I think he's got the competitor heart. That I mean, like you said, he just wants to be out there, and he's not out there. And so I, I think Robbie's going to do good. And that, yeah, and y'all talking about baseball, I think I. I, I thought he was actually coming to play baseball. I thought he went to Oregon and played both sports too. He I did. could be wrong. He I had actually, he well, he never made the field in football, but he, he did play baseball. 
at Oregon, right? But yes. he hasn't played for us. No. No, he came to Auburn okay. to try football only. Okay, okay. So I, saw, I remember that, and I remember that when we recruited him, and I thought about that when y'all – and it just kind of made me remember that when y'all brought that up. But, you know, I mean, I want to see the kid do great. I mean, he's a great kid, man. Uh, my sister knows his mama, and his mama's good peoples and, and up in Birmingham. And, uh, and man, they're, he's a good kid. So, you know, uh, attitude-wise, man, I mean, everybody would be, you know – like I said, everybody wants to start and everybody wants to play. So, but man, he, you just never know. He could uh, he could show up on the on the biggest stage in the biggest game, you know, and uh, and help us win one. So, man, as always, War Eagle guys. Appreciate the call, Ty. Good stuff. All right, we need to get to our bottom of the hour break. When we come back, it's Tiger takes. So stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive. ESPN 1067 online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Wednesday Drive. It's time now for our weekly Tiger Take segment brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back or find him on the web at alsolaw.com. Earlier today, Jacob Goins visited with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, sitting down for my weekly conversation with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Eugene, great to have you on the the station again. Always a a pleasure to talk to you, and I hope you're doing well. Yes, sir, we're doing well. I appreciate you having me once again. Well, let's recap what was a successful trip to Nashville. Auburn beats Vanderbilt 31-15. to You get two wins in a row, two wins in the SEC, and uh, you're above 500. and now this team is one win away from bowl eligibility. Uh, what were your takeaways from the win as a whole for Auburn on Saturday? Uh, I think it was overall a good win. You know, just going out there and everything was clicking in terms of, you know, defensively, we were able to do some really good things and hold them uh, in terms of, you know, the scoring. And, you know, that's something we pride ourselves on. We want to, you know, limit the opponent as much as possible. So uh, I think defensively we did a, a really good job. We're going to continue to grow upon that performance. Um, offensively, they did a, really, a lot of good things. You know, Jarquez had a really big game, you know, came out early hot, you know, um, having those uh, two big runs, uh, just establishing himself and, you know, letting people know around the country know, you know, he's, he's still that guy. You know, so it's a great thing to see, you know, offense clicking. Um, Rivaldo had a great day as well, you know, catching the football and doing his thing. And, you know, those are guys that are, you know, we need uh, throughout the rest of the season that are going to continue to be big pieces. Well, defensively, uh, you and your, your squad held Vanderbilt to just one score uh, on the offensive side. Of course, they did have that pick six. But for you guys defensively, giving up just one offensive score in an SEC road game, man, that's got to be a good feeling. Yeah, it's a great feeling, man, just uh, holding them to one score. Um, we have goals throughout the weekend. You know, we just try to limit them as much as possible. Um, and, you know, we're just holding them to one score. So, you know, you can win ball games doing that defensively. So um, that's one thing, defensive things that we want to do. So um, holding them to one score, uh, I know the guys take pride in that. We're going to continue to, you know, we're trying to get our our first shout out. That's what we're going to continue to try to do. So um, that's something we talk about and, that you know, we're just going to continue to try to hold ourselves to the standard. 
Well, for you personally, you're still a top of near the top of of the tackle leaders. When when this team takes the field, you had five total on Saturday. Four of those were solo uh, tackle for loss. I mean, again, you're just you're everywhere, man. You also had a sack on Saturday uh, defensively. What was what was your mindset and sort of the game plan for this team for Auburn defensively against Vanderbilt on Saturday? Yeah, we know um, what their quarterback can do. Uh, He's a great passer. Um, and he came into the game, um, you know, he, he he's somebody we know we had to limit, you know, and they had a, a skill position player, number six, who's a dynamic player, uh, very fast, elusive type player. So we know we just couldn't get him on the, can't get him, allow him to get on the perimeter. Um, so, you know, just vice tackling and uh, everybody swarming to the football was a big thing. Um, so I think that was the main key point. You know, they also had a, a quarterback, number two, uh, will come in and he's a bigger body type guy able to get downhill with his run. So we were like, you know, we have to try to limit him when they when he does get his touches. So uh, so those were all the key points of emphasis throughout the week. And, uh, you know, the guys honed in on it, doing their 111s and everybody uh, just playing, you know, Auburn-style defense. You know, so I think overall we did a really good job and we're going to continue to just be, uh, you know, use this as positive reinforcement for everything. Well, we've heard a lot about uh, the trip up to Nashville, and we knew, we expected there to be a large grouping of Auburn fans there. But Eugene, I don't think anybody expected to see that many Auburn fans, and a lot of people have called it a more of a neutral site. But a lot of my people are telling me because I wasn't able to make the trip. But a lot of people telling me this was a borderline home game for Auburn in Nashville. How'd you feel about all that? Yeah, you can feel that. You can really feel that environment. You can really understand that. You know, Auburn fans travel well, and I, I learned that from the Cal game early on in the season. I'm just seeing that many uh, Auburn fans on the West Coast. Um, but, yeah, it felt like an Auburn home game. You know, there were there was chants going on. There was, like, it was like a traditional home game. You know, it's crazy to see one side of the field blanketed in orange shirts. So, it's just a great thing to see. Um, I understand how much our, our, our fans are bought in and invested in us. You know, that's something we um, take pride in. We just want to continue to put our best foot forward. You know, give them a show. You know, they deserve that, you know, in terms of us putting our best foot forward, and they deserve for us, the players, to go out there and lay it on the line. So um, that's what we're going to continue to do, and uh, it was a great experience being in Vandy with all those Auburn fans. Well, Auburn defeats Vanderbilt 31-15 to on Saturday, 5-4 and four now on the season, 2-4 and four in conference play. What are some of the things that head coach Hugh Freeze, defensive coordinator Ron Roberts, and some of these other coaches on staff – what are some of the things that they've been saying now that you have back-to-back wins in the SEC and you've, you're on this stretch where you can do some really impressive things? What's been, what's been the message from uh, the head coach and your coordinators uh, so far in these last couple of weeks? Yeah, uh, our coaches are really process-driven, process-oriented people. So they understand this thing is, uh, you know, they've been around a lot of great teams and they understand that is, you know, there's dynamics to great teams, you know, so we have to continue to, uh, take that next step um, every day. Our one doing our one eleven and just getting one percent better. So that's something to emphasize. And it's a point of emphasis all throughout the week. So I think they can. It's just going to continue to harp on uh, you know us being able to play a complete game and put it all together. You know uh, we still don't feel like we played a complete game and um, truthfully and rightfully so. Um, so I think they're just going to continue to harp on the details. Continue to harp on us doing the little things and. You know, eventually putting it all together and, uh, you know, once we get to the end of the year, it'll be, uh, you know, the, you know, 
will be built up from, built from the ground up. So right, that's the yeah. biggest thing. Yeah, no, I mean that makes sense. Where you know you, you build this this process and you have these steps to get where you're going, especially in year one uh, with a new coach and new coordinators, and so uh, that makes sense. And it seems like things are coming together as this team is getting better week by week. We're talking with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante for Tiger Takes here on ESPN 106.7. Flipping ahead to this week, Auburn back on the road. You take on an Arkansas team in Fayetteville that looking at the record, it's not going to blow you away. They had a, a tough stretch, but they're coming off of a big win in the SEC on the road themselves. What can you tell us about the Arkansas offense and that very talented quarterback, KJ Jefferson? Yeah, KJ, some somebody we've emphasized the whole week, uh, understanding what type of player he is in terms of the passer. We think he's great as a passer. We think he's a dynamic passer um, who can deliver the ball to uh, at any any spot on the field. We also think he's a, a great runner. Uh, you know, so that's the type of thing we're preparing for. You know, us, us understanding it will be a physical game with the the downhill run game and well, you know, all the different things they do with KJ. And then from there, you know, they have a great running back. You know. I believe uh, Rocket uh, has been hurt. Uh, he's been hurt a little bit towards the start of the season. But he's getting back healthy now. And, you know, as a linebacker, uh, he's going against the best uh, in the SEC. We take, we take pride in that. And uh, it's going to be a challenge for us to just continue to, you know, bottle them up in the run game and, you know, limit their receivers uh, on the edge and, you know, get them into third down situations and uh, get off the field. So that's the biggest emphasis for us. And, um, you know, we're excited to get to Arkansas this week. I asked head coach Hugh Freeze on Monday this exact question, and I'm curious on how how you will respond. We know that Arkansas released their their offensive coordinator a couple of weeks ago, and so you had a bunch of film on this team, and, and coach said you pretty much got to throw it out and come up with a whole new game plan and not really look into that film a whole lot. For you personally and for this defense as a whole, how do you prepare for an offense that you only really have one game since it's so new uh, with new people calling plays and everything? How do you guys prepare for an offense like that? Yeah, it's a hard adjustment. You have to understand that, uh, you know, they have, the, they have their OC there that uh, was calling his stuff. And, you know, they have a different offensive mind who has different perspectives and different beliefs. Also, the biggest thing is just understanding, um, you know, relying on tendencies of the first game, of the, with the first game with the OC uh, calling the game, and uh, just understanding that you know you may not get what you've seen on film. You may not get, you may get a different, you may get a totally different game plan, totally different scheme, totally different runs, totally different passes. So the biggest thing is just understanding your assignment to a T, and then going, being able to execute it at a, a, a fast pace on the way that the game should be played. So it's more so an evaluation for us to understand what we need to do and uh, do it do the best of our ability. I don't know if I've ever asked you this, Eugene, and if I have, I apologize. But in the linebacker spot for you individually, do you prefer stopping the run? Do you prefer rushing the quarterback, dropping back in coverage? Where Where's your preferred spot to be? What's What's the go-to play call for Eugene Asante to get in there and just start flying around? What Where do you like to be the most? Uh, that's a good question. I think, um, truthfully and honestly, I think I'm a naturally aggressive downhill backer. So I like to, uh, I like to come downhill and, uh, you know, I fit up runs particularly. And then I also like to get after the quarterback on third down. You know, that's a, a super exciting thing, rushing the passer, uh, coming off the edge, coming 
wherever you know coach roberts has so many different uh pressures that it, it could be any from anywhere so mm-hmm. um that's particularly what i like doing i, I enjoy football is just so many dynamics and so many different pieces to it and you really just appreciate all the different freaks of playing football but i i would probably say rushing the passer is probably my the fun like when i get a when they signal in the play and they're like oh you're going and it's it's, a, it's an exciting thing for sure i'm like yeah i gotta go get them now <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love that. And you can see it when you're on the field, man. You're just you're so eager to make a play, and you're you're so quick on your feet and and, and seeing things when they happen, and then making the play when needed. Uh, you're the leading tackler on this team by by a heavy amount, and and that's because you're there. You're there pretty much every play, and you're in just about every play. And so looking ahead for this game, one thing this defense has done really really well all season, Eugene. You guys are forcing turnovers with the best of them, not just in the SEC but in the country lots of interceptions some fumbles forced as well um something that we talk about just about every week where you guys just continue to force turnovers and give the ball back to your offense yeah and, and that's one of our uh, coaching points you know they continue to emphasize you know if we want to be an elite defense we have to get turnovers and we have to you know stop our opponents um so Getting the ball, giving the offense back uh, the opportunity to score again is such a big thing in football, and we just don't take that for granted, you know. So we have to be intentional with our work. We have to detail our work and uh, understand that uh, we have to uh, always be ball searching, you know, whether it's uh, stripping the ball out, coming off the edge, or it's, um, you know, uh, picking the ball off in the air. We have to be ball searching and be cognizant of where the ball is at all times because Ultimately, that's the biggest thing in playing defense, getting the ball back and um, holding them on, on third third down. So um, that's a big thing for us. Um, the coaches have emphasized it, and the guys have uh, bought into it, and we're going to continue to buy in and to see how many more turnovers we can rack up. Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante joining us on ESPN 106.7. A couple of more before we let you get out of here. Earlier in the year when you and I were talking, when the offense was struggling at times and and struggling to put it together and kind of get some points on the board, we had talked about, you know, how you guys defend and keep the team in the game. And you you said something that really stood out to me. You said, we know that they're going to get it together. We know that they're going to put it together and start to be successful and they've started to do that, Eugene. The offense is really starting to click and, and starting to roll. They've had back-to-back impressive games and another chance to do it on Saturday. So that always stood out to me that you said that, and now they are starting to put it together, and I know that takes a little bit of stress off of you and the defense. Yeah, um, them putting it together is a big thing. You know, and, um, you know, I have 100% belief and faith in those guys right? and everything they do. Um, I have, I understand what they are and, how, you know, how much work they put into it. So, you know, I wasn't saying that with blind faith. I was saying that, you know, understanding and seeing the work that they put in. Right. Um, and I just under, I understand the leader that they have in that, you know, that room in terms of, you know, Coach Freeze is a, a great offensive-minded guy, and he, you know, he's done it at a high level for years and years. And we understand, what you know, the caliber of coach he is. You know, so it's all kudos and respect to Coach Freeze and guys buying into his message um, and not taking what he says uh, – in terms of criticism to heart, but just allowing it to improve their play, you know? So I've seen guys do that. I've seen guys put their ego to the side and say, you know what, coach, I didn't do the, I didn't do it the right way. What, how do you want me to do it? You know, and just being more coachable and opening and being vulnerable with coaches and saying, yo, um, when they're in situations that they feel are, you know, uncomfortable. Um, so the biggest thing is everybody being at ease and understanding each other. Um, and 
Coach Freeze has made it very easy for guys to come to him and just say, you know, hey, Coach, I need we got to do it this way or, you know. So ultimately that really helps and guys going out there and making plays, you know. So all those things will, you know, are, are contributing to the offense's success right now. Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante talking with us on ESPN 106.7 as Auburn defeats Vanderbilt last Saturday, traveling to Fayetteville to take on the Razorbacks this weekend in the second-to-last SEC game of the season. Eugene, always appreciate you, man, and appreciate your time. Uh, Safe travels up to Fayetteville this weekend, and good luck. Yes, sir. We thank you. Appreciate you. Tiger takes. Proudly presented each Wednesday at 5.30 by the Alsobrook Law Group on the web at alsolaw.com. We'll get to our final break. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive. Tracy Lawrence. I'm marching on. 